do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. It's time for your answers to our 18 contentious questions. You're listening to the Talking D&T podcast. I'm Dr. Alison Hardy, a writer, researcher and advocate of design and technology education. In each episode, I share views, news and opinions about D&T. Um, the purpose of today's discussion is to try and explain the next steps for the redesign and design and technology project. But before we get started, let's introduce our expert panel. And when I say expert, I'm simply mean we are currently teaching design and technology and we don't class ourselves as people who are experts and know it all. So firstly, I'm Amanda Mason. I teach design and technology in secondary school in the northeast of England. I'm lead practitioner teaching electronics and engineering and have been working in schools for eight years, although this is only my fifth year of teaching. We also have Andrew. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm a design and technology teacher in Oxford. Um, I'm also a part-time doctoral student at the University of Cambridge, and this is now my seventh year of teaching. And we also have Kieran. Hi, I'm Kieran. I'm a curriculum leader of design technology at a school in Manchester. Um, I'm in my 11th year of teaching. And before um, we explain the next steps of the project, let's give a little context as how we've gotten to where we are at the moment. So in September 2022, last academic year, Alison Hardy set out to try and get practising teachers to share their experiences, opinions and perspectives on the design and technology curriculum. I'll stress now this is purely based on experience and opinions and this is no way trying to shape or form what people should be thinking of design and, of design and technology. So Alison started the project with sharing 24 questions, questions that she felt were still being debated or still needed answering. And in the first round of the project, asked those completing the questionnaire whether they felt these questions were the right questions. It also gave people the opportunity to add any other questions um, following the Delphine technique and also if at this phase or if they wanted to be interested or if they wanted to be involved in the next phase of the project, this was the point in which people expressed their interest. So to prepare for the second part of the project, those who had expressed the interest in the first phase and were able to look at the data and then from there determined which questions people deemed as the right questions, which ones were discarded or should be discarded. And in some cases, we reworded some of the questions, which then led on to the next phase, where we put forward the refined list of questions. And this time, we asked people whether they agreed or disagreed as to whether these, whether or not these questions still needed debating or still needed answered. 
So at this time, this data came back into the panel, the panel which was gradually getting smaller, <laughs> um, which then determined which questions people believe still needed answering. And these 24 questions became 18. And then at this point, Kieran's going to explain what happened next. So with these 18 questions, what did we do, Kieran? So we've put out feelers to as many people as we can, and we asked people to identify which of them 18 questions that they thought they were passionate about and wanted to write about. So we had quite a few responses of people who got in touch with us and said, yeah, look, I understand I'm really interested in question whatever, um, and I'd like to participate and actually write something along the lines of that question. So we've collated them over the past couple of weeks. And the next stage is for us to contact those people, but others as well. It's still open. Everyone can get involved. And to ask people to actually submit responses to their mating controversial questions. Now, these responses can be written. They can be a presentation. They can be an rec audio recording. Or they can be a drawing. Um, what we're really looking for is as many teachers as possible to get involved and have their say. Um, it really is about getting as many people to give their opinions so we can draw out um, an analysis of what what the, the contentious issues are and the debates that are had around them. At the minute, we're really hoping to get as many primary school teachers involved as we can as well because at the minute that's where we're kind of lacking. So anyone who's interested in any of the questions and would like to respond to them, there will be a form attached to the podcast notes. It'll also be sent out to anyone who's previously replied. And please just fill in a couple of responses, up to four. Um, and I think we've said about a 750 word max limit. Yeah, excellent. So from there, Andrew, what is it that we're wanting to achieve? What are we hoping to happen going forward? So we're hoping to relay all of this information to a wider audience as much as possible. And the first stage in uh, starting to do that is by presenting um, what we've done so far at the PAT40 conference in Liverpool, uh, which is not too far away. Um, so we're going to discuss what we've done, um, explain to other people um, what the next stages are going to be. Um, and it's important to emphasize at this point, it's about teachers having a say. Um, there aren't any affiliations with any exam boards. And we also appreciate that people may have differing views um, on some of the questions that we've had. And that's part of the process, really. We want people to express those views and get in touch and feedback to us about these questions. Um, the next stage, um, as mentioned, is getting responses to these questions. Um, and we're going to open up this round of responses until the 1st of December. So if you are listening to this, or you hear us at the PAC conference, um, and it's something that you think you want to be involved in, then do get in touch. Um, because as I said, we'll be closing that off at the 1st of December. Um, moving forward past that, we want to try and um, spread the word as much as possible. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll end up writing a book in the end about this process. Yeah, that's definitely the dream, isn't it? That's the whole of creating all these and them being published. <laughs> um, so we really need the opinions and perspectives from primary schools. So this is our plea as well. Hopefully some primary school teachers are listening. We need you. We need you to get in touch. We want your, you to have your say. And for this project, there's only a focus on key stage one to three. So anything beyond there is uh, for another time. Um, and we're just keeping within those confinements at the moment. This will hopefully be published into a book 
And the more people we have involved, the more valuable this becomes. There's such a variety in schools, cultures and contexts. It's important that all of them are voiced. So that's that, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to add as much diversity to this as, as we can. It's really important that those that are involved are also currently teaching and are in a school setting as this is the value that Alison wanted to add as was that this was led by teachers. Um, and personally, I'm not the strongest writer, um, but if you are a little bit like me and you're not, not as confident when it comes to writing, um, like Kieran said, you can present this, you can uh, have an audio file, you can have sketches, you can do a video, you can just as any way in which we can document these responses. But if you do want to put it in writing, we do offer some kind of, a, we're all going to offer some kind of workshop to help people uh, put the writing together and maybe a kind of editing service as well. And again, what Andrew was saying, we're hoping to collect these responses by the 1st of December. But if you're not already part of the project and you really want to be, you can still get in touch. I think all of our emails are getting attached to the notes as well. Um, any additional questions or anything about what you want us to be involved with, we can always try and help as much as we can. So I think we might have covered everything. Anyone think there's anything else to add? No, I think we're all good. Yeah, I think we'll leave it there then. Thanks very much. Over and out. <laughs> I'm Dr. Alison Hardy, and you've been listening to the Talking DT podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, then do subscribe on whatever platform you use and do consider leaving a review as it does help others find the podcast. I do the podcast because I want to support the DT community in developing their practice, so please do share the podcast with your DT community. If you want to respond to something I've talked about or have an idea for a future episode, then either leave me a voice memo via SpeakPipe or drop me an email. You can find details about me, the podcast and how to connect with me on my website, dralisonhardy.com. Also, if you want to support the podcast financially, you can become a patron. Links to SpeakPipe, Patron and my website are in the show notes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>